0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <coughs> Talk
1: Recorded
2: live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Biblicating the Bride. It is uh, good to be with you tonight. And uh, we've got some topics of discussion. And actually, this is number two. And the diatribe that I gave before, we shall not do again. I am uh, going to let Arthur have the floor, and uh, he needs to introduce himself, of course, because a lot that's not uh, in the Ecclesia, that is our private group over there on the social networking site. Uh, If you're not there, you probably don't know who uh, Arthur is or where he comes from, so we'll let him introduce himself. And uh, he needs to jump right in and uh, talk about the question that he had about uh, the woman as identified in Revelation, the 17th chapter. So, Arthur, uh, jump right in here, man. Uh, Do you think?
3: Uh, Yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Arthur. Uh,
2: Nothing special, really.
3: Just a Christian. Love the Bible. I've I've met Matthew about, I don't know, three, four years ago. I've been listening into shows and digging into the Bible together with all my brothers and sisters on the, in the Ecclesia group. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty much, that would be enough for, this, for the introduction.
2: Well, where are you from? I mean, um,
3: quit being a knucklehead. I'm, okay, I mean, I'm from, I'm half, half Russian, half German. I was born in Russia. At the moment, I'm located in Great Britain. Um, just moved back here less than a year ago. Um, yeah, pretty much, I don't even know what else to say, to be honest. That's well, <laughs> well,
2: how many languages do you know?
3: Um, I speak Russian, I speak German, and a little bit of English. <laughs> well, that's,
2: that's... you have quite a jump on the rest of us, because you're a whole lot closer to what God actually said than we are in, in English because Russian is fairly efficient um, German is quite uh, exclusive uh, but English is just like the garbage can of languages I mean we've got Latin we've got German words uh, we have this we have that uh, we have everything it's, it's just a garbage language so uh, you're actually your mindset uh, would be closer to what God actually said than what we Americans are so I appreciate that. Uh, I really do. Uh, so I'm glad you're in the saddle with us again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Arthur has been with us, like he said, about three or four years. And uh, he just came uh, to our table to uh, learn the Bible, God's holy word. That's that's what he wanted. He wanted
1: just the fact.
2: He didn't want Matthew's opinion, and I never give it anyway. I, I really don't care uh, the way I feel about a particular ...topic that the Bible discusses, especially if I'm emotional. I mean, if... ...if I let my temper flare up, I don't care what the Bible, God's Holy Word says. I care that I'm mad and, you know, you said something or did something bad to me. Because I'm emotional. So... uh, Arthur wanted some place that he could go that he could separate himself from the emotion. Give me the facts. What does the Bible actually say? and And that's what we did, so that's how he stumbled upon us. Uh, so Arthur, I would like to know your mindset as to why you was reading uh, Revelation chapter seventeen, and questions came up about the woman and her identity. Uh, you know, just just describe how you come to those thought conclusions.
3: Um, well, this start, started, started happening to me fairly recently, a lot where I would be reading some scriptures that I've been re- I've read a thousand times before and I've never seen anything, like seen stuff in it. And I was looking, I decided to look, a, take a look at the harlot in the book of Revelation again, to be honest, inside of what's going on in the world and where the US is heading um with this new election and it was just quite quite interesting to see all this all this happening in the world. So I went to Revelation seventeen. Um and I saw something that I've never saw before. um, um it's it was really strange. I don't understand why I didn't see it. But now I do, and it's pretty much obvious. And as 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 you've said before, you really, really have to pay attention when angels are speaking in the Bible, if they're or if they're showing a vision. Someone, in this case, uh, showing a vision vision to John, um, because they they don't really repeat themselves that much, and they expect the reader or the listener to um, to really like figure I don't not even figure out, just pay attention to what they're
2: talking about. That's right. They they have a different perspective than we uh, Arthur. You have to remember that they have total recall. They have absolute total recall. What that means is If they've ever taken a bite from an apple, Arthur, they just don't remember what it tastes like. They can taste it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand this is how they are. Their seed is of iron. It is not made of clay. What is the very important thing? With this analogy that the Lord, our God, gives us. When you take clay and you inscribe something in it, what happens? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that clay dries and it turns rock hard. And that is a memory. That's a memory. And, of course, what is the end of that clay? Well, I'll tell you. After many years and after great decades, we all know what happens to that clay. In comes the summer's heat. In comes the winter's cold. And then again comes the summer's heat and the winter's cold. It, of course, breaks, it cracks. It crumbles. Well, ladies and gentlemen, don't you realize that's exactly like Alzheimer's? Nowadays, they have a physiological description of Alzheimer's. But back in the day, so to speak, and I love that phrase, that term in the English language. Back in the day means... In the old days, they called that old-timer's disease. One of the very first things that would happen to you – everybody knows this. I don't care where you go, to the Japanese, a thousand years ago, they'll immediately tell you the very first sign that a person is moving from an adult to you know, being elderly or being an elder – to being elderly, to whoppingly different terms, is the sign of memory loss. It will progress first from short term into the long term, just like clay that you've written upon after several decades will crack first and then it will crumble.
1: Even clay, when it's fairly fresh, as the water evaporates out, it becomes distorted.
2: That's right. It shrinks. It shrinks differently in different places because, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hope you all realize that uh, on a different side of the fence, not, not to break away from this, but Paul Rowe has to understand that the Lord, he is God, and he allows science to see things. In their proper time. And uh, we were just talking uh, about Brian and I, about this article that they released not too long ago, about them finding a great sea around the core of the earth. And they said there must be some sort of stone down there that absorbs the water. Of course, he's talking about the fountains of the deep. We already know this, being children of the Most High. That's what he said. That's what he meant. I mean, you can even ask my son, who is in his second year of Hebraic studies, and he will immediately tell you that, well, that he plainly says in the beginning that the water's covered over the abyss, the deep. So it's a gyro. Well, yes, son. That's what God said. The abyss, scientifically speaking, of course, is the core. That is covered in water, and then there is another shell. So there's a shell of water, and there's there's a shell of land. And of course there's the upper waters and lower waters. This is a gyro. It's a gyro. That's why God said exactly what he said in the Greco-Bible source code, of course, in Isaiah. That's exactly what he says in the Greek. He says gyro. He calls the earth a gyro. So you're supposed to know that from the first chapter. You're already supposed to know that. So with that in mind, you have to realize that clay, um, the H2O within it is not evenly distributed. Because if you do that, what happens, Paul? What happens when you take clay and you go ahead and you you, you put it in some water and start kneading it so that the water is equally separate? What happens to that clay?
1: Um, they call that mud in ceramics.
2: That's right, it's gone. It's mingled, ladies and gentlemen. That's what God was talking about. The miry clay, and of course the iron. Paul, when you inscribe something with an iron stylus upon steel, what happens after a day? Nothing.
1: It, it may day? over time rust, but uh, it's a you a very mean surface- oxidized, but you're still going to see that hundreds if not thousands of years later. You're going to know what it says.
2: Right. Well, let us remember that the Lord our God has already told us that about our life and our blood. Ladies and gentlemen, you shouldn't be alive. Okay? I'm going to tell you the truth. Um, A red blood cell can't exist because it don't have a nucleus. Okay? So, When you get anemic, do you know what the first thing the doctor's going to prescribe you? He's going to prescribe you iron. Don't you know that the blood – what it is and what it does is this. It's iron, it's water, and it carries oxygen. What's that? Well, that's rust. (laughs) That's rust. The doctors know this, but they don't want you to know it. So they say that whenever you die or whenever you have a breach in your endocrine system, they say that it – coagulates. No, it rusts because it has no life in it. So, you heard Paul clearly say that, no, it don't change size. It don't crack, it don't this, and it begins on the surface. Only the places where it can touch air. And only if it is subjugated to humidity. We know Uh, Well, let's talk about some of the driest places on Earth where it gets hardly zero precipitation. Uh, Let's talk about, uh, well, Death Valley's a good one, Paul. Tell me, how long would your piece of steel that you had engraved your name upon with an iron stylus, how long would that be, uh, be unblemished even with surface rust?
1: Almost as long as granite.
2: That's right. <laughs> you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Now, God's magnified that to us in our minds because what are you mostly made of, Paul? Water. That's right. You're you're well over 90% water. Of course, that's why we age. That's why whenever our blood spills out of it, it immediately oxidizes, it coagulates, it dies, because the only way you have life is his breath of life. That's why you really can't die. Everybody really is Kryptonian. You really are Superman. You really are invincible. People think that a bullet that passes through your brain will kill you. Oh, no, it won't. You're lying, because I have a very personal friend uh, that is a – well, he's a little bit older now, but at the time, he was a knucklehead, and he fell in love with this girl. This girl, of course, seduced him and used him and spent his inheritance. So Sonny took a gun, stuck it up to his head, pulled the trigger. It bounced around in his brain. And Sonny can tell you all about it to this very day. That wasn't the only time he tried it. As soon as he recovered from that, he realized that didn't work, so he took the gun, put it to his chest, and uh, felt to make sure that the barrel was between uh, one of his ribs. Pulled the trigger. It just bounced around in his rib cage, popped out his back. Seven months later, he was back home, still in the same place he was. Without her, but most importantly, without his God. And without his God, he was no where, he was no when, he was no why.
1: He was hopeless.
2: And to this day, he still is. But it's not because of that girl. It's because he has not accepted he who is Christ the King as his Savior. He is life. So getting back to this point, don't you realize that this is a whole lot like we are? The difference is what separates us between them and the angels. We are made of clay. God said that. God plainly said that their seed is sederous. It's iron. Their seed is of iron. That makes us completely different because... Of course, they carry inherently a magnetic field. Now, you're supposed to know that when you read those opening verses, ladies and gentlemen, of Genesis, you're supposed to realize, well, that's how the rabbis know that the angels were created before us because they came from the core. God got them from iron, and God… It went way out of his way to tell us that we were taken from clay from the ground, the second shell over his creation. So <laughs> uh, with all of that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry we had to take that little sidetrack, but you had to understand what, why all of a sudden Arthur was able to see this. Well, we'll Why did the angel say what he said? And most of you can't even remember what he said. You don't even know what he said. If I asked you right now, you could not tell me one word in the Greek, which is what you're familiar with, and I'm okay with that. And there is little hope that any of you could tell me one singular word in Revelation chapter 17 in the Hebraic Bible source code. That is the Delitch New Testament translation. Okay, it came via two witnesses. (laughs) Every Messianic Jew that you know that was Orthodox was saved by that version. That's why it was made. It was edited by the two foremost experts in Hebrew at the time. Way before. These modern scholars corrupted it to make it the modern language of the state of Israel. So with that in mind, I mean, when I ask you something, I mean, really the only thing that any of you could tell me was, yeah, it's about the harlot. Really? No, it's not. Really? Is that right? I plainly remember what the angel showed John and told John. (laughs) And I remember him saying two titles there. And not only that, he goes to great lengths to give great descriptions about both, both of them, both, do. So uh, with that in mind, it, it, it's, it's hard for me to talk to you when you don't know what I'm talking about. I mean it's – it is hard for the Holy Spirit to move when the only thing that the – Students know are terms that are not in God's Word. Ladies and gentlemen, if you walk up to a angel and say, uh, uh, say, hey, can can you tell me all about dispensationalism? He won't even answer you because he fears the Lord, his God. The only thing he can really say to you is, well, do you have brain damage? That's, that's not in the Bible. I mean, he could ask you. And he would try to do so very politely, but were you born that way, or did your mother make you stupid? I mean, he could word that politely, but dispensation's not in the Bible, God's holy word. The angel wouldn't say anything to you. He'd just stand there and look at you like you were dumb. I mean, if you (laughs) – don't you realize? I mean, somebody asked me this question the other day about this doctrine of eminency. No, sorry. Uh, an angel would just look at you. So with that in mind,
1: it's... It... Let's, let's walk and back gentlemen. a little bit. Okay. Angels were created by God as servants, but God wanted more than servants. He created man in his image, someone who could be a friend.
2: That's right. That's right, he did. And in order to do that, he had to create, well, a medium. That had to be built off a foundation. Now, you know that creation itself is built upon the cornerstone, which is his son, which is why the first chapter of John even exists. Right? So you have to understand that when you go back to the creation story, when you go back to, to Genesis verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, he's laying down a foundation, and let me ask you something, Paul. Would we even have an atmosphere if we wasn't a gyro that was comprised around a core of iron that created a magnetic field? Would, would, would we even have an atmosphere?
1: No, and they're still trying to explain that. Um, the other thing about a friend you have to give a friend free will. A friend has to choose right. you. That's right. The angel, the angels did not have a choice. They were created to serve. That's correct. Uh, I don't really understand how a third of them rebelled, but if you have a slave or a servant or somebody you hire, they have no choice. They have to agree with you. But if you have a friend, they have to have free will. And I think that's why we have free will, because the relationship that God wanted won't work if we don't have free will.
2: Let me ask you something. Sure. Can salt lose its saltiness?
1: Um... No, but the Bible says if it does, then it's worthless. So um, the Bible would indicate that somehow it's possible. I don't know how, but it does say that if salt loses its saltiness, it's worthless.
2: Let me ask you this. Let me ask the same question a very different way can the earth's magnetic field be anywhere except geometrically center to the core no can the man really
1: well really if you are you talking about core or center um, the core may not always be exactly centered
2: Really, how could it be anywhere else Here, um let's Chris. let's take a magnet on your refrigerator. Is the magnetic field perfectly around it by center line both in the x y and z axis of that magnet?
1: That's oh, of that magnet's too small um our core there's a lot of liquid in our core. Can the absolute core be anywhere except that center? Um, you know, it's like an egg sloshing around inside the shell. Um, it's pretty close no. to the exact center.
2: No, you're talking about the surface of the earth. I said the magnetic field. There ah. is no – There, there. it doesn't matter where the shell is. I'm talking about the magnetic field.
1: Yeah, the magnetic field has has to be pretty much centered. There's no way. Did you know
2: that? That's right. Except for two planets.
1: Ooh, I don't know that answer.
2: Well, most astrophysicists don't, but I do. (laughs) But God said that salt can lose its saltiness. And when you just said, Well, no it don't. Well, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I I studied that stuff. I wanted to know. I wanna know what salt was. Wanna know where it came from? I, why would it do that? And of course, Paul just mentioned the same exact thing a different way because we shared, of course, with all of you on the social networking site the simple fact. That one side of the Earth's core has begun to crystallize. They already picked it up on every single earthquake that has happened since that time, ladies and gentlemen, because the seismic sensors on this planet, ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the waves from the earthquake go right to the other side of the Earth and bounce right back through the core, and they know one side of the Earth's core is crystallized, and this has them extremely worried because that just can't happen. No more than salt can lose its saltiness, and no more than the core can be offset from center of the magnetic field. However, two different satellites have proven it with two signs God's given us in the heavens. Now, this is proof beyond any shadow of a doubt you're living in the exact time you wouldn't want to be born. You're right there. But if we know these things, if we believe these things, we look for these things, and that's what I do. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about that on the End Time Tribune, and i got to keep my eye on the time. Uh, you need to know what God's doing because what he's doing is not funny. He's obviously not laughing anymore. we got serious problems inside our own solar system. So I'm glad that Paul took a step back and interrupted me. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know who <laughs> – don't you understand that the Lord's Holy Spirit is wonderful? That's above my pay grade. That's above even my IQ. It's it's above it. Yes, my IQ is higher than Einstein's. Uh, I can show you the paperwork. Yes, I'm in the National Registry for Distinguished American Students, but guess what? I know nothing, and I am nothing outside of his spirit. That's that's all I am. And I don't know why Paul stopped us to talk about that for a minute. I don't know why uh, we discussed anything outside of who the woman is, singular case, in Revelation chapter 17. But I do know this God is good and He's wondrous. And whoever needed to hear that, God loves you personally. And who knows, perhaps you're like my buddy Sonny. But you still have the time to make the choice. But you're right where you don't want to be. I'm sure you would have rather enjoyed the Victorian age. Ah, But we're getting down to where the rubber hits the road. The only thing that Paul, the only thing that Arthur, the only thing that I can do, if you are not an heir to the throne of the living God through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to let you know that you need to repent for the kingdom of heaven really is at hand. It's at hand. So, before we read Revelation chapter 17, uh, does any of you on the phone call want to talk? You know, want to stop us and talk about something else, or or maybe Paul said something that you didn't understand about uh, sodium chloride, or or maybe Arthur said something you didn't understand. And it doesn't matter uh, uh, if you're important or not. I, I really don't care that you have a degree, and I'm not going to tell you what degrees I have. And I'll tell you why. I don't need the accreditation of God-haters. I'll tell you what I need. I need to be ordained by the Holy Spirit. And I'm sorry, that don't come with a certificate. So I'm not going to tell you. I don't know how many important people have asked me for my credentials that they may display them that I might be on their broadcast so that they might have, you know, uh, oh my goodness, we always love justification, don't we? Well, I don't need to be accredited by some school. I need to be ordained by the Holy Spirit. So, does anybody have any questions? I know JMG is on the uh, line, or any of you girls? Um. There's plenty of guests in here on the phone call. Does anybody have any more questions before we read Revelation chapter 17? And get ready, JMG, because you're elected. You're going to read it.
4: All right. I'm ready whenever you guys are.
2: Okay. Well, if nobody's got any questions, let me check the chat. Somebody may have. No, there's no questions there. All right, let's just go ahead and everybody be quiet. And for once in your life, listen to what God actually said. This is what he said. This this is what he meant. And I'm sorry if you can't find any of these terms that you're gonna hear about uh, you know, in your uh theological textbooks. That doesn't mean they don't exist. <laughs> they do. Go ahead, JMG, I'll shut my mouth while we listen to the Lord our God.
4: Revelation seventeen, right? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, I'll do the whole thing then. And one of the seven angels who had the seven vials came and talked with me, saying to me, Come here, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot sitting on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and became drunk with the wine of her fornication, those inhabiting the earth. And he carried me away into a desert by the Spirit, and I saw a woman sitting on the scarlet-colored beast, filled with names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and she was gilded with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with a great marveling. And the angel said to me, Why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her. That has the seven heads and ten horns. The beast you saw was and is not, and is about to ascend out of the abyss and go into perdition. And those dwelling on earth will marvel, those whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. And here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. And there are seven kings, five have fallen, and one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goes into perdition. And the ten horns which you saw are ten kings, who have received no kingdom yet, but will receive authority as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and those with him are called the elect, are called and elect and faithful ones. And he says to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues, and the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot and will make her desolate and naked, and they will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God gave into their hearts to do his mind and to act with one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled and the woman whom you saw is the great city which has a kingdom over the kings of the earth
2: well that was pretty easy and straightforward was it not yep. or, I mean, it was pretty, pretty easy to hear Now, you know there are some things. um, Well, obviously, what I've already stated—the reason why Arthur had these questions—I mean, you take a look at them, and it plainly says that one is setting on waters, and one is not. One is riding a beast. But it says a whole lot more details that people don't think about, and when you start tearing this chapter apart, it makes you take a pause. Okay. Verse 5. The mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Can anybody anybody explain to me what that is? I mean… We know harlots, but what's abominations?
1: I'd say filthy things. Something filthy. Something Something that God detests, that he does not want to see.
2: Well, let me ask you a question about the first one. What's harlots? Is that a is that a person, place, or thing? Per, uh, person. Mm-hmm. Harlots okay. Are wait, wait. Hey, don't yes. speak over one another. I heard Paul. Yes. Paul, what? what were you saying?
1: Mother of harlots, harlots are persons.
2: Very good. Does anybody want to debate that? Okay. So, let me ask that question again. What's abominations? Is that a person, place, or thing?
1: Thing. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed.
2: It's a thing. So, why would God do that? Why would God mention people and then things? Give me an example of that. When God's talking, he's very point and direct and to the place and time.
1: He talked about one specific kind of person, but then he also said there are many other persons who engage in abominations, and they're covered by that. Yes, no. I mean that's that's what I see is Harlot's Harlot's is pretty clean. Prostitutes, yeah. Um she's a mother of Harlot of prostitutes and everything else that we would consider filthy on the earth, the people that participate in things other than prostitution but they're still filthy. He's talking about those things too.
2: And can I ask everybody something? Oh, I mean very plainly and very politely. Um So what you're saying is that a harlot is not an abomination?
1: Oh. That's an interesting question.
4: Oh, yes, it is. It's also an action that the, a person is doing. They're being a harlot.
1: Well, no, that, that and... Says prostitutes are in one category and these other things are in a whole different category. Um, does the Greek or the Hebrew indicate that that should be an and or... Should it be <laughs> the mother of harlots, comma, you know, or um, not pulling up the English word that could be there, but the mother of harlots, in addition to the abominations of the earth. No, that's not what the. Uh,
2: no, that's that's not what it. What it says there. It, okay, so. it, it is separated. It is separated. It's not common. It okay. is very plain uh, in both the Hebrew and the Greek. These are two separate things. And the only way they can be two separate things is if the two things are not mingled. Okay? The Greek is very exacting. It It is extremely exacting. So, uh,
1: now the which only ma- thing
2: that, that – that, I'm
1: which sorry, makes go ahead. That, which makes that and very, very interesting.
2: Well, and here in Greek, the kia, of course, you call that 2532. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand, it. this is Greek, and it is already got ands in it because here… What you see for harlot, or, well, it's actually porn. It's what it is, porne. It's where you get the term pornography from. Okay, it's porne in Greek. This is plural. So we already have ands inside the word. It's plural. And abominations is also So, Paul is wanting to separate these. Well, are you saying that, you know, how would we do that in English? Would we say and or would we use a comma? No, we wouldn't do that. Because it's already talking about harlots and abominations. Already plural. Separated by, of course, the and in Greek. So uh, that was pretty important that uh, Paul asked that question. So back to my original question. You're all saying that harlots are not abominable things. Is that what you're saying?
1: Oh, no, they are. (laughs) Um They may not be abominations, but they are rejected by God, because he clearly included that in this passage.
2: Yes, he did. He clearly included that in this passage. So when uh, we really think about that, we probably need to get to the bottom of this. Really quickly because, I mean, is John right? I mean, John immediately spoke up. Well, yeah, a harlot's an abomination. They do abominable things. Yeah, they're unclean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what God said? I mean, really? Really?
1: He included them with abominations.
2: Right, but we also have to remember here that
1: this word
2: – well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's not what you think that it is. It's not. When you take a look at that very word in the, the regia, what God actually wrote, you will take note that this specifically and has always been pertaining to an idol – Always.
4: It's you mean always the word in, for abomination, right, Matthew?
2: That's right. It, yeah, it, it's, so, its root. Its its root word is, of course, the meaning is an idol, idolatry. I mean, here, let's just hit the Greco Bible source code. I don't I don't need to think about it. Okay, because this exact word and this exact case exact word, the exact case, the exact form, the whole 9 yards that we're looking at here. Right? This is this is you have to understand that ladies and gentlemen, when it's more like Spanish, okay? Um a word can be feminine and masculine, but not only that, if the tense changes or the case changes, determines on how the word is spoken. That's why they don't do this in modern Greek. That's why Greek is dumb, 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 dumb down. That's why they don't use any Greek anymore. No, so yet. we need to know exactly where this is used as a noun in the genitive case, plural, and it's in the neuter form. We need to know exactly when God used that case and form. We, we, we need to take a look at that, and we will readily understand what he's talking about. So let's do this. Of course, the first time God said this word, this way, this is in Leviticus chapter 5 and the second verse. Okay? And here it gives you this idea of what John was talking about. Or if any person touch any unclean thing, either a corpse, an unclean bird of prey, a wild beast, or the carcass of unclean abominations, or the carcass of... An unclean beast, oh ladies and gentlemen, I know exactly what this Greek is saying, and it's not saying what you want it to say. Here. You know, I can I can easily switch over translations. Perhaps Britain said this a different way. I mean it's possible, but this translation used italicized words that's not in the translation. Those words are that which is unclean. That that's not really that's not what the Greek said. And, of course, Britain uses reptiles here. So when I say reptiles, no, that's that's not what God said. So I will read it here, but let's take a listen to it. And that's the most important thing. Listen to what he actually said, not what you had an emotional response to. That don't matter. Your emotions just don't matter. That soul which shall touch any unclean thing or a carcass or that which is unclean, being taken of beast or the dead bodies of abominable reptiles, which are unclean, or carcass of unclean cattle.
1: <coughs>
2: Excuse me. That's why I read it out of the Thompson. The, the Thompson is more direct, and you can plainly see that there's something else at play here. Why is unclean abominations given in a list That's separate from unclean beast. And let's just read this again. Remember, how many times does he say corpse in this verse? Or if any person touch any unclean thing, either a corpse or an unclean bird of prey, of wild beast, or the carcass of unclean abominations, or the carcass of unclean beast, see, he made it, perfectly clear he was giving you distinctions between the living and the dead. It says, or an unclean bird of prey of wild beast, living, that's living, and of course he says carcass several times, which is dead. Now we're on a different level, aren't we? Have I confused you because you were emotional about something that God actually said? You know, let's progress because it's twice in Leviticus chapter uh eighteen. Uh twenty six and what is it? Three verses down. Yeah, twenty nine. Twenty nine. Um I'll just read those uh for time's sake because we we have to think about me getting off here. I got about fifteen minutes before I have to start uh the In time tribune broadcast. Uh verse twenty six. You therefore shall keep all my institutions and all my ordinances, and none of you, neither the native nor the proselyte who dwelleth among you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, think to yourself. You are probably wanting to know why that's in that verse. So let's switch it over and let's see what the Briton has to say in this instance of his translation of the Septuagint. And ye shall keep all my statutes and all my ordinances, and ye shall do none of these abominations, neither the native, nor the stranger, that joins himself to you. Let us remember, this is a noun. But when I read it, you didn't think it was a noun, did you? You thought it was an adjective. No, it's not. Verse 29. In the Britain translation, for whoever shall do any of these abominations, the souls that do them shall be destroyed from among their people. Whip it up to the Thompsons. For whoever shall commit any of these abominations, the persons who shall commit them shall be cut off from among their people. You, 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 you think you heard what I said. But remember, when I said abominations there, that was a noun in the genitive plural neuter case. It's not an adjective, and it never was. Of course, it's in multiple times. Uh, in First Kings, it's multiple times. Uh On the other side of the coin in uh chronicles uh second chronicles that is uh but let's take a look uh we need to hurry this along uh to Isaiah the second chapter, of course and I'm just going to read this entire stanza here about uh the wickedness, um, but the word that we're looking for you're you're going to hear it. And God makes himself perfectly clear what, what, what he's talking about. It's verse uh, 6 through 9 of Isaiah, the second chapter. For he had forgiven his people the house of Israel, because their land was filled as at first with divinations. Like that of the Philistines, and many strange children were born to them. For their country was filled with silver and gold, and there was no counting their treasures, and their land was filled with horses. There was no end to their chariots. And the land was filled with abominations. Like I said, that's a noun. The workmanship of their own hands. They worshiped the things which their fingers had made. And the commoner bowed down, noble, humbled himself, therefore, I will not forgive them. Now, he's not talking about an adjective there. He's talking about a noun. That's a noun. He's not talking about a verb. That's an action. No, he's plainly. Like I said, Koinony Greek is exacting in its form. God just said exactly what he meant to say, and he did not mean to say a verb. So this exact word is, uh, of course, a couple times in Jeremiah. It's in three times in Ezekiel. But we're really not going to have time to talk about that. I mean… For uh, goodness sake, how far have we gotten here in this chapter? But I think uh, that everybody here will agree that that didn't stick out to anybody. Nobody mentioned it. I mean, we only covered verse 5 and just brought up one question about it. So we're dealing with something else, and... Let me remind everybody uh, the verses in question here. Okay, We've got verse 1 of Revelation chapter 17. Uh, Then one of the seven angels, then he's given a description, who had the seven bulls. Now, I want everybody to to take a deep breath. Uh, Paul, can you answer me this, this, this little bitty question? Sure. Um, reading verse one, is this before or is this after the bull judgments?
1: Oh, that I don't know. I was concentrating on verse seventeen.
2: Okay, okay. Do you want to talk about verse seventeen? We we certainly can, because
1: uh, yeah. I've only got one. Like, and, and, yeah. and that'll that'll kind of wrap it up. Um.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: People are people are worried about our current political elected leaders. Um, just remember, Revelation seventeen seventeen. For God hath put it in their hearts to fulfil His will, and to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast. Doesn't matter That's who wrong. we have in office. They are doing God's will, whether they know it or not.
2: That's right, and and we know what his will is for us, right, Paul? Yes. I mean, does God have any intentions
1: of hurting you, Paul? No, he... um, No more than you want to hurt your child or I want to hurt my child.
2: So, when these things are happening ask me this. Would I be able to damage one of the hairs on your head?
1: (laughs) Not. No. Not except that you choose not to be obedient.
2: Amen. I guess you now know why God regulated for the Nazarite to not have his hair cut, I guess. But anyway, that's for another show too. But Yes, you have to remember that um, this beast has already been set up. This this system that we're talking about here, it's already set up, and it has ten kings, and they aren't elected. You you everybody does understand that a, a king's not elected. That's an hereditary thing, right? We have an elected well, official.
1: But and we have to remember that. It's in God's hands. We might be a little scared. We might be a little intimidated or something about what we see coming, but we have to remember it's in God's hands.
2: Well, I was intimidated. I was scared last week. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I, I hate driving equipment. Because it can, like, kill people. Okay, so um, I'm currently uh, a laborer in a prison. We're constructing a prison. And the ceiling is, like, uh, 32 feet, and I had to get up in a lift and go all the way up in this scissor lift. The only problem with that is I know physics, and I know that if I I could purposely just go back and forth a couple of times and it would topple over. Because the lift itself is only six by three, and I was way across the threshold. I could easily tip that over and kill somebody, so it makes me nervous. But you know what, Paul? Uh, I drove it. I did it. I didn't like it. And you know what? Now it's – well, what is today? That's way over. But I'm not going to lie to you. I was nervous, and I didn't like doing it because I – I don't like driving bobcats or backhoes uh, because I fear God, and, and, and I'm afraid – I mean, you can do <laughs> – Paul, you can do a lot of damage with a backhoe. And oh, normally I refuse. Normally I refuse, I
1: think normally I refuse ladies
2: and gentlemen. I mean I, I, I usually make other people do it. And of course, you know, guys are guys. They're macho. So they like laugh at themselves, ah, ha, ha, Matthew's scared to drive the backhoe. So usually it works to my advantage because I, I just – it makes me nervous and scared. However, uh, I got through the work week. Not only that day, I got through the work week, and I was just fine. So with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, well, just take that part. That this has got nothing to do with your elected official, and these ten kings – They already know who they are. I would say there's no way, shape, or form that they couldn't have been holding their positions in 1973. It was then they knew exactly what to do. So, uh, Paul, that is a very good place to start – or to
4: stop.
1: Yep, um, I'd just say, I did tip a back over once, um, no matter where you are or what you're doing, your life is in God's hands. Amen. And where, where you may be when everything starts getting crazy, you have to remember that is in God's hands.
2: Amen. Well, um, Arthur, I guess we can do another tiny chat if you want to,
3: but we're uh, going to have to get up here. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. If it will be all right, maybe if we can dig into this some other time again.
2: Cause... For you, uh, uh, Arthur, for you, I would <laughs> I would literally transverse the circuit of the heavens for you.
1: Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> of course I will. If, if we need to figure out what this is saying, because I have to worry about your children, Arthur.
1: So oh, don't,
2: don't you realize that if, if if don't you realize that if I don't teach you you can't teach your children or your grandchildren or your nieces or, or your nephews and when I get to heaven God's going to ask me about it He's going to ask me why Arthur did not receive when he asked So yeah, we can do 10, 20, 30. I don't care how many it takes. I'm hey, I'm good with so, this so so don't worry about it. you just need to send me now remember, Monday through Thursday, I'm not here. I don't get home till Thursday, till well, way after dark. Because after I get off work, I, I have to drive three hours to get to get back here. But normally, uh, you know, anytime uh, Friday, Saturday, or 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 Sunday, we can do it. Just just try to be easy on me. All right? Oh, but, yeah, okay. we. Can, but, okay, sounds uh, good. So why don't you take us out of here in prayer, Arthur? Can you do that?
3: Yeah, I could definitely do that. Um, What I also wanted to maybe just a quick reference for maybe any listeners that would like to take a closer look at this chapter. Is it all right if I give out a couple of other chapters in the Bible? They would probably most
2: certainly. Most certainly.
3: Well, um, definitely. If anyone's out there who wants to take a deeper look, should look at um, Ezekiel chapter sixteen. and twenty-three. They're both very, very loaded, and they expand a lot on what's going on in this chapter. And also, a good one would be Genesis thirty-eight, which is what, really deep but on many, many levels. And it kind of even—well, I'm probably leaving it at that. Just take a take a read and see what you see. And we'll probably discuss that next time. Um, Then I guess I'll have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I want to thank you for giving us this opportunity to come together with our brothers and sisters in fellowship, studying your word and trying to find out what what pearls you've place there for us to find thank you very very much for giving us this opportunity and if there's anyone out there listening
1: whose heart has been touched please please god take care of them and just be with them comfort them and show them your glory and your kingdom
4: Thanks for everything. Amen. 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 Stephen, amen. amen.
2: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jo- jump off here, uh, look for more uh, Biblicating the Brides, I guess. Um, Paul uh, uh, Paul, probably with us, probably. Uh, JMG normally comes on 100% of the time when he can if he's not working. Uh, so there will be uh, several of us here um, Arthur will, of course, again, be the star of the show, um, as God sees fit. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can find us on Facebook or or wherever. Just look up the End Time Tribune. Oh, you'll find me. All right. Uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?